Hello, welcome to the Healthy Hair with Dollar podcast. This is your weekly podcast for healthy conversations about hair and for celebrating all hair types through ideas sharing and storytelling. My name is Dollar and I'll be your host for the podcast. On this podcast, we'll be speaking with industry professionals and creatives who will be sharing their experiences and ideas with us. everyone to the healthy hair club so i will give a little bit of a background to why we find ourselves looking at this topic today and this is the first um, edition of this particular topic even though we've had other kind of conversations prior to now so if you recall about three thursdays ago four thursdays ago actually to be exact we started looking into um the concept of decolonizing the african hair Now, week one, we set the stage and I kind of leaked out what I was thinking in my head at the time, that why would we need a legislation, you know, to protect ourselves from whatever thing is happening out there in people's heads about our natural hair. But it's transpired as we got to week two and week three, that this was actually really important so that our children, even ourselves, are kind of protected at work. And I would never forget the, the week two. That was when Trini Fatru shared his experience of when he was working, you know, in, in the corporate world. And, you know, he was well dressed. And as you can see, look at his picture. Nobody would say that this person doesn't dress well. He obviously has a high sense of fashion. But he said that his experience was really negative because of his hair. So from her perspective, and we all agreed, the idea that we're decolonizing the African hair is actually maybe level three of the idea. What we really should be looking into is how we decolonize our minds. Because yes, hair is hair is on our heads. It's linked to identity. And of course, what affects your identity? It is how you think about yourself. It is the values that you've built over time where inside your mind, you have a certain look. So I remember towards the end of the room, we had this moment of discovery and I would say a moment of vision where we realized from the stories that were coming into the room that actually we were the ones seeing ourselves maybe differently and then we got treated differently. Now, I know that this might not be the case in every situation, But in most situations, especially for the younger generation, it seems as though this is the case. The question is, how do we decolonize our minds? What do we start with? Especially with this concept of hair, identity, how we present ourselves to the world. Because when you show up, one of the first things that people see is your complexion. They see your hair. And then people start making judgments about who they think you are. But how you show up is also important because you hear some people will say, oh, she's actually quite confident. That might be because they thought something different at the beginning. With all that being said, true for true. What do you think about this topic? Because you weren't with us last week, but I'm very happy you're here now and condolences for your loss or your losses. What is going on on your mind as we come into this topic? 
great afternoon, everyone. Um, so what's going on in my mind? I would honestly say um, it's a mixture of uh, frustration and it's a mixture of wanting change. Um, I really and truly do not understand why a lot of us still victimize ourselves. Um, and I just wish that we didn't have to um, fight so hard to wear our hair however we choose or chose to. Um, no one else has to. Um, so I, I'm not going to lie. Me personally as a stylist, me personally as a black man, me personally as a person that wears their hair natural, um, it's a mixture of emotion. Um, one, I know that I still have to stay politically correct. I know that I still have to be professional, but... Um, sometimes I just want to say, F it, you know, um, this is me. No one else is worried about how they're wearing their hair. Why should I have to make anybody else feel comfortable for me to wear my hair the way I choose? I'm turning it up and speaking. Oh, that was hot. Thank you very much for that. Now, normally in some rooms, um, I see that we give women a chance to speak. Now, because men are outnumbered, so please bear with me. Daniel. Before we even dive deep into this conversation, what are your thoughts? Because I specifically ask that you attend this our room because I would absolutely love to hear your thoughts. Um, knowing that you're, you know, you're from the continent as well and all that. What's going on in your mind right now? Uh, thank you for this, Dola. Um, if you actually PTR, you can see my little fro that I'm trying to grow. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> this this topic has it's, it's so powerful and it has so much um there's so much relevance in my life um, i'm i'm born in zimbabwe but my dad is originally from the commonwealth of dominica and the caribbean islands and i would you would normally think that the rastafarian thing is well received from a caribbean perspective um but it's actually very much frowned upon, well, in my side of the family. Uh, so like growing up, I grew up and I always wanted to grow my hair out. Like, oh, I have five sisters, all of them older than me, and they all have luscious long hair. And then my two brothers older than me also started getting hair, and one actually has dreadlocks now. But I was the last born. And when I was coming up, I came to blows with my dad on two occasions over my hair. Um, I got chased out of the house because of my hair. Um, and of course, I was in uh, Zimbabwe, so I also had to hide my hair. So I would spend like 30 minutes every morning patting my hair down to get it to some sort of level of uh, normality that you could walk into a school and people wouldn't notice that I had super long hair. Um, so I had to go through all these little tricks and fights and issues. Um, but like it put in me such a, um, um, I became far more proud over my hair and I had stronger feelings over it now. Um, and I've been trying to grow it again. And my whole, I, 
my whole identity has gone into this thing. As I become successful in the corporate world, I want to do it with my hair. I want to like push back on this narrative that your hair has to be in some type of way if you are in corporate or if you are doing business or things like that. So yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a beautiful topic and I'm just so uh, excited to hear other people's stories. Uh, thank you for this, Dola. Fantastic. Now, you know, I said that I always learn every time people are talking. I'm like, oh my goodness. So I wouldn't have imagined, Daniel, that you would have had some kind of discrimination actually whilst in the continent. Am I correct? Yeah, whilst in the continents and also from the Caribbean side of my family as well as the traditional Shona side. Um, wow. So yeah, uh, it's very, very interesting. Cool. Right. Okay. So, uh, two women. Unique. Alicia, just let, let me know I'm, when you're ready. I'm, I'm unique. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm I just, yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm Truth yeah. for Kings. It's, I didn't realize. I didn't realize that. Sure. I'm so sorry. Sean, sure, now I see your name. Go I mean, on. that's fine. I mean, I, I, I have no problem being included in the ranks of women. So if you want to stop wearing women's, I'll do that. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's because it's not your fault. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and I do appreciate the. Um, the opportunity to speak um and, and and i think for me this topic is such a loaded one it's such a loaded one because i think like dollar um expressed hair is such a huge part of our identity so for me i i i i take it from two two points of views i take it from my personal point of view as a man and i also take it from a point of view as a father because i've got a daughter right she's 10 and i am always concerned about the legacy of colonization it's 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 funny i tell people that at a certain time at a certain point in time we didn't own anything i mean we did but it was taken from us and even our very image you know the way we perceived ourselves was was was, was taken from us and we were we were given an idealized view of what the concept of beauty was and unfortunately, we did not find ourselves modeled um, within those concepts. Um, on one of my podcasts, I was talking about how everybody looks for themselves in everything. You look for yourself in science, you look for yourself in medicine, math, um, but we also look for ourselves in beauty. And for the longest time, we were not modeled and we did not see ourselves in that model of beauty. So what we ended up doing was we ended up taking on an idealized version of beauty that had nothing, nothing to do with us or didn't speak to us. Um, so it's, it's, it's left a very indelible mark. So when you ask how do we decolonize ourselves from these things, the answer is very, very simple. It's going to be very, very hard. It is going to be very, very hard. The, the idea of colonization of not just our hair, but our view of ourselves, like I keep telling people, it did not come at the point of a conversation, a simple conversation where we sat down with our oppressor and our oppressor said, look, I would like you to think of yourselves in this way. No, um, colonization came through pain. 
It came through beatings. It came through lashings. It came through death. It came through us being stripped of everything. And then when our slates were wiped clean, the oppressor then wrote onto our slates what we should think, um, how we call ourselves, how we view ourselves, how we how we address ourselves. And the conversations that we're having now, I think, are a a direct result of that. Now that every single bastion that they've held up as truth is being called into question, we are starting to pull down a lot of these strongholds that for years they've held up as as the model. And the hair is one of them. One of the more painful conversations that I have with women, especially women of you know African descent is, why do you wear your hair that way? And what I've always been told is, well, it's easier. It's easier to, to to do it this way it's easier to do it this way and i think one of the reasons why i'm interested in this conversation is because i think that in many things we have we have taken the place of the oppressor and we started to oppress ourselves so when daniel says that he got pushed back on the continent or he got pushed back from the caribbean now that the oppressor is no longer there with the whips and the chains and the beatings we're now doing it to ourselves and whilst I can understand why the oppressor would do it, I am more flummoxed by why we do it. So I'm, I'm, I'm not honestly trying to say I have the answers. I'm looking for the answers myself. I just think that we should understand that this is a journey. This is a journey to undo centuries of, of damage. Almost like trying to get your hair back after you've relaxed for so long. It's going to be centuries. It's going to take a long time to get to the root cause and i don't know i don't know how easy it's going to be but i am interested in the conversation so thank you oh thank you so much you can see the mics flashing truth to king where have you been all our lives <laughs> that was very powerful so welcome to the healthy hair club the club is just above my head there you can see just if you want to join the club click click the um green monopoly house but today, we have segued from decolonizing the African hair into decolonizing our minds. And the reason this, in, this important topic is, is starting, well, I'm so happy that we're starting April this way anyway, because it's spring, so our minds are quite fresh and everything, is that I think as we start a new season, we also need to start new reasoning. Because I think after I went through March, just constantly thinking about the Crown Act and the Halo Code. So Halo Code in the UK, Crown Act in the US. The first question that I was just pondering is why? Why do I need legislation to be able to wear my hair exactly the way it grows out of my scalp? Because by the way, in the country that I live in and I live in the UK, every other person seems to be okay with how their hair grows out of their hair except for the fact that of course sometimes they color it red and if i color my hair red people look at me funny so i see almost like a double standard here and when we went through season one well we shouldn't call it season one episode one episode two episode three we started realizing that is not hair that is the issue the reason hair became the issue is because hair is very strongly linked to identity so the problem with identity as you know as you think in your heart so are you 
So we have this mindset that has become a stronghold that we need to figure out how to overcome. Because if we don't, as it's being passed from generation to generation, we will leave this same legacy for the children coming after us. Be it your children or people you have influence over or your nieces and nephews, this is like a self-fulfilling prophecy if we decide not to have this conversation. And you will say to me, oh, this is just a clubhouse room. There's no big deal. It starts with someone. Change starts with someone. We have we have all sorts of examples in history. There's Rosa Parks. There's um, all sorts of, I don't want to mention names, but change starts with one person taking a stand and saying, thus far, no more. We heard it when Trinity for Truth spoke. We heard it when Daniel spoke. And now Truth to Kings said the same thing. So it is time that we stand and get and, and get counted. And I want to be one of those people standing because right now, what is on my head is my natural hair. And I've been trying to grow this hair because I had some health care, you know, a couple of years ago. And right now I see people look at me and say, your hair is great. It was not like this before. So without further ado, I'm going to hand over to Alicia Thompson, the TEDx speaker, who will do a theatrical and take us into the world of a character she developed. She's going to play this role. And please, I want us to listen to this girl, this particular character, understand where she's coming from. Try to imagine and insert yourself into her world. Alicia, take it away. I'm waiting for my mommy to come back home. She's taking so long. Today's here pampering day. That's what my mommy says because she does my hair on Sundays. But it hurts. I don't like it when it hurts. My mommy has so many different hair for one head. Hmm. I wonder why grown-ups like to have so many different hair for one head. But, you know, I like my mommy's hair, the one that doesn't come off. I like that one the best because it looks like mine. My mommy's so funny. <laughs> the other day, she was doing something with my hair, and she was like, hold still. I need to get the nappy naps in the kitchen. Mommy's so silly. You can't take naps in the kitchen. You have to go to your bed. Oh, and my teacher, Mr. Brown, he was asking so many questions. He brought dolls to school, and some of them had tiaras. And he was asking questions like, which doll is bad? I said, uh, excuse me, Mr. Brown, but dolls can't talk, and dolls are not people to be bad. And then he asked another question. Which doll is the ugly one? I didn't want to say anything because I thought all the dolls were pretty. Some had straight hair, some had 
curly hair, but I thought they were all pretty. So I told Mr. Brown, if you said that someone's ugly, that could really hurt their feelings. I love when my mommy puts nice, beautiful barrettes in my hair, but I don't know if mommy likes her hair. Maybe when I grow up, maybe I could have different hair like mommy does too. <gasps> Ooh. But again, I really, really like the one that doesn't come off. So maybe I could keep that one when I grow up. I don't know, but I'm just really tired and I want a snack and just waiting for my mommy to come back. That's it. That was um, an excerpt from this play that I, I, it's a play project that I have. It's called I Am My Hair. And I deliberately call it I Am My Hair because I wanted it to be a conversation starter for people to say, what do you mean I am my hair? I'm not my hair. Are you, are you kidding me? And I know that Indiari has the song I am not my hair. So again, I really wanted this piece to be a conversation starter. So that was just a tiny excerpt of the child's character. And so there's actually five other characters that I would love to just go into at some other point in time when we have this continue with this series. So I'm not going to take up too much time because I know we want to dive into um, the rest of the discussion. So any questions you have for me, please go go ahead. I'm, I'm all ears, but I'm just so so, so, so delighted for the conversation that we're already having and so many things that Truth to King said and also Trini for Truth, um, you guys were just spot on. So thank you for listening. I'm done speaking. Please, well. can you appreciate this beautiful woman to share? Thank you so, so much. That was beautiful. Right. Okay. So we're going to dive deep. But before we do that, let me do a quick room reset. And I will ask Liam, because he's a guy as well that came up stage, well, I brought him up stage, <laughs> to give us, like, um, to provoke us a little bit. <laughs> I see you flashing your mic. Thanks for being here, Liam. Um, so this is the Healthy Hair Club um, room. Um, please feel free to join the club if you click on the green monopoly house at the top of my head. Today, we have segued from decolonizing our African hair conversation to decolonizing our minds. Why is this important? Because our minds shape how we see the world and the way we see the world is how people would treat us. How we present ourselves, how we show up is really important and it starts with our thoughts. Hi, thanks for tuning in and stay tuned for next week's episode of Decolonizing the African Hair. Bye.